0: Welcome everybody, this is the first episode of Geeks and Family Therapy, um, the new podcast on the Geek Therapy Network. I am joined today
1: (laughs) by, you were supposed to say your name now. (laughs) Oh, that's my turn. Okay. I'm Leah. I'm extra special for this.
0: And I'm Kat Laforgia. So let's start with who we are and what we do. So, again, I'm Kat LaForgia. I am a family therapist in the state of Pennsylvania. I was born and raised in the Bronx. And then I moved to rural Pennsylvania after receiving a degree in marriage and family therapy because I got a job in Pennsylvania that I didn't get in New York. <laughs> so, of course, here in Pennsylvania, I started working with children and their families. Currently, I am a family-based therapist, and I go to my family's homes to go see the clients and talk to them. And I am currently working on becoming a certified ecosystemic family therapist. I will actually receive that certification in May. So uh, ecosystemic family therapy, is, I'm sorry, Ecosystemic Structural Family Therapy. I always forget that word. Structural Family Therapy is a treatment for children and families who have uh, behavioral and relational challenges and is based on a theory that change in family structure contributes to change in the behavior of the individual members so yes that was taken from the philadelphia child and family training center in philadelphia that i am working on my training uh training certification i'm also getting my licensure through them which is taking forever here in the state of pennsylvania it takes about three years to get your license
1: well then so leah it's <laughs> <laughs> my turn I am not as cool as Kat. I am a case planner in New York, um, born and raised in Brooklyn. I work for family foster care and I have my master's in media psychology. And I, everyone's first question is what the hell is media psychology? But it is a relatively new um, field it, according to APA. It was started by this guy named L- Luskin. And he basically was the first doctor of media psychology. It's the relationship between media and human behavior. So it's how commercials affect you and how you affect commercials and how you affect each other by watching these commercials. So what we see, how it affects us and how we affect those around us because of it. So it's a lot of convergence questions and a balance of chicken versus the egg in, in theory. so So, Leah, i
0: guess my first question with that would be how did you choose media psychology
1: and why so see what had happened was i love stories that start (laughs) with what had happened (laughs) i worked with a lot of people in media for various reasons i worked with a lot of social media um starlets and characters and and i always wondered how they became so popular Beyond the fact that they were all all around great people, I was just I wanted this to know the science of it, and so I wanted to learn how to help people. And I was kind of traumatized by the events that led up to the last election, and I, I also wanted to know how that came to be. So I started studying, and I one thing led to another. I went and sought my degree in it because I realized that that was the part of psychology that I felt was Not as openly seen, but needed to be um, viewed a lot more.
0: So you kind of thought that the way everything has been taking place with the media, so with the newscasters, on social media, on television in general, that it kind of affected people's uh, psyches. So the way they kind of reacted on a daily basis, which I get definitely because I see that...
1: You'll now, see it in your day-to-day.
0: And I see it a lot more now that it seems people are a little bit more forthcoming with how angry they are on a daily basis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Which, yeah. So, so how have you noticed that your degree has... Um, well, your degree actually, where you're working, your degree really doesn't have an influence in your field at the moment.
1: Actually, it does in the weirdest ways possible, because I interact with a lot of kids. And so, for instance, I have one one um, client who is his goal in life is to become a viral video star and he wants to be Facebook famous. And that is what his goals in life are. And with doing that, in all of those conversations, he's looking to me to I have to like take pull him back from that cliff because he doesn't understand the what how it affects his own psych his own fragile psyche and how it mm-hmm. is going to affect um his life moving forward so i have to constantly use these references from media to understand why they feel the way they do and what and how to interact with the younger um generations because this is the facebook generation so they don't really understand interactions without some sort of viral video, some media backgrounds. Everything they do is some version of media um, or reflection of what media is going on right now. So if I'm not on top of what's going on, I can't have a conversation with these kids. Okay,
0: so you're using, like, what, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat?
1: Oh, yeah, I stalk all my kids. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. No, it's like when when you know what their goals are when you know what they want to do especially um my client who's into viral videos once you know that you can be able to connect with them on a deeper level and you can know where they're coming from because understanding what media they're interacting with right now helps you understand mm-hmm. what how what their views are right now and how they how they express their views because we are a Thai generation where our the way we express our views are is based on what we see on television. So older generations didn't don't, don't really speak out as much or they have this conservative point of view because growing up they only saw conservative media. Lucy and Ricardo slept in separate beds and we never saw the bedrooms of Carl, Carl at Winslow or any or things like that. So when you started seeing when they became less conservative over time the people also became less conservative they became more okay with vocalizing because they saying as they move forward they're more open and now today media is like completely I know all of my business I took a poop this morning it looked like a um and looked like Ted Jackson do you want to see a picture and so now <laughs> they all because the internet is so open, they feel more open to to speak their mind. So, I, I love the fact that you used I Love
0: Lucy, which came out sort of like in the 50s, and yeah. then uh Carl Winslow, which is what was that again? Family Matters?
1: Yeah. And that was in the 90s? Yeah, so we never really saw that. And then you see like the ev- ev- evolution of the bedroom. Where we went from, we don't see anything like that to, oh, my goodness, mom and dad are making out on the couch. What's going on? Okay.
0: And then we so, have Real so House of for- House of
1: America uh, or whatever land they're from today.
0: <laughs> I think uh, some of them were from Atlanta the last oh. I I heard. But yeah. <laughs> I really can't talk about it. I have no clue um, <laughs> other than, again, what clients have told me about these shows. So where did you get your degree?
1: I've got my degree from Toro. It mm-hmm. is a private, it's a collection of private universities and colleges that, um, work in New York and California. And so my, my degree is based in California.
0: All right. And you received a master's in media psychology then. Yes. Okay. And I have my master's in marriage and family therapy that I received from mercy college in New York. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. So I have been working, of course, in my field for approximately four years. If we just count what I've done here in Pennsylvania, um, in New York, if we want to count my. Uh, Let's counts. count. <laughs> <laughs> if we would like to count my my practicum, which we really don't. They mm-hmm. they don't start counting that towards anything but that I finished my practicum in 2010. So give or take anywhere between four to seven again how depending on how you feel like uh, including my practicum give, of not, I'm
1: gonna or give you not. all of the points <laughs> and make uh, make us feel better as a team.
0: Oh thank you. <laughs> See yes that's so um, then of course let's let's figure out how I met Leah. <laughs> 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 ah. So, shockingly enough, the first time I met Leah, oh, so a background. Uh, Leah is a cosplayer, also. Um and oh, yeah, the first, I do that. Yes, the first time I met her, for the longest time, I thought her name was Bumblebee.
1: Yes, because. <laughs> and I've accepted it. That, that.
0: that is that is actually her iconic cosplay. She, I mean, amazing, amazing cosplay of Bumblebee.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was my starter cosplay. It was probably the first cosplay that I, like, sat down and made by myself. I was very proud of it. And hilariously, so I knew about Cat way before she met me because we had mutual friends. And, And of course, you knew my husband. Yes. (laughs) So when she was doing a podcast before me heartbroken (laughs) when she was she was part of a podcast before me through and our mutual friends were both in those um podcasts so i would hear about how great cat was and how awesome she was in podcasts oh my god they were so lying (laughs) (laughs) they were not so they were they were really great and so when i finally met her she's like oh your class is amazing. I'm like, you're yeah, amazing! Why don't you understand this? And I was the only one who was excited, but it was okay. It was it was kind
0: of cool to have somebody fangirl to meet me. <laughs> um, she was the first and the last. Oh <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's that was uh that was the past. This is the future. We are working on our own podcast now that actually has something to do with what we actually both like yes which is psychology, psychology. <laughs> and being a nerd and pretty much being a nerd yeah <laughs> um so i do cosplay um and leah keeps telling me leah keeps telling me i am a cosplayer even though i say well mm-hmm. i buy my costumes and i've just started making them i like it it's fun we go to new york comic-con which we've been well i've been to what five years in a row now what and year is
1: it? Um, it is 2017. I've been to New York Comic Con since 2011. So that's six years now? So, yep. So so
0: we both have uh, a bunch of New York Comic Con and then, of course, Leah has been to several other cons, which I only ever go to New York Comic Con, which hopefully will change this year. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but... You know, I started, of course, I got the idea of doing this podcast because of geek therapy and psych tech and headshots, which I love all of them. (laughs) And I love what they do. I love what they discuss. But uh, my focus, of course, is family therapy. And though they do have episodes that every once in a while will talk about how uh, geek culture influences family therapy. This one will mostly focus on how geek culture is influenced by family therapy and influences and influences family therapy and the great thing is yes the great thing is I have somebody who has a major in media psychology so if I am wrong she can tell me (laughs) yay because my favorite thing is to tell people when they're wrong (laughs) so So basically, our podcast, this, well, this one, of course, is just our welcome. So welcome. And I hope you guys, it sounds horrible. I'm very, very sorry. This is us really just getting to know how to really do a podcast. um, And they will get better as we go along. We have actually a good seven to ten podcasts planned.
1: um, Let's be honest. As we speak. (laughs) But let's be honest, our podcast depends on the the listeners because we need to know how we're doing and what we're doing good and what we're doing bad. And I'd rather I want to hear everything and anything you have to say about us to see how we can be better.
0: See, she says that, but I just want you to tell me that you love me. (laughs) 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 So... But yes, I would love for listeners to interact with us and tell us, hey, I would love to know what's going on when, and and this is not just professionals who I hope will listen to us, but parents as well. You know, if you're a parent who is in their 30s, 40s, 50s, And you're not quite sure what's going on in social media, hit us up, because we would love to be able to help you out with relating to your child in social media, explaining the importance of social media for them, as well as the dangers. And of course, because of my field and Leah's field, we will definitely go into the dreaded, dreaded episode that everybody will ask us for at some point on video (laughs) game addiction. Um, Yeah Because I think that's one of the first questions Or comments I get made As a family therapist Is the family, the parents Coming up to me and saying I think my child is addicted To playing video games And then we have to go through the whole thing And again, that's going to be another episode Where we can dedicate the time to that (laughs)
1: Because that is a full podcast
0: that's that's gonna be a full podcast and in, and in it's of itself because we all have some type of addiction and mine's caffeine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> mine's cosplay. So I get it. There we go. So let's start off with again. We want we started talking with well Leah started talking about viral challenges and social media fame. So leah what is it with viral challenges that get people so quickly enamored and wanting to participate and
1: i guess let's start with what's a viral challenge so viral challenges are basically any hashtag do something challenge you literally they've done every type of challenge the cinnamon challenge it start. The first major challenge was the ice bucket challenge, and so so that that was the a what is the ACL yes. ice, bucket,
0: ice bucket challenge?
1: Yes. So they started. Um, the meaning behind the challenge didn't come until after the challenge came became viral. So we're gonna make that one clear. They like to say, "Oh yeah, no, it means this." No, it was viral first, and then AC um, the ACLs realized what that it was doing well and then put a reason, oh, it means the the reason behind making a viral, making an ice bucket challenge. So they stated that it was because the ice water would give you a feeling of what having ACLS would be like. Okay, sorry, wait, wait, we've got the initials
0: all wrong, ALS. ALS, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... Like I said, we're going we're gonna to make mistakes, and, and hopefully we'll make all the mistakes in this first episode. <laughs> Don't judge me. ALS, Actually, do judge uh, me. ametrophic lateral sclerosis, which is a motor neuron disease. Lou Gehrig's disease? Yes. Okay, so people started doing this ice bucket challenge where they will take ice cold water and dump it on their head. And this came out, so, t- 2015. hmm So, or s- 2016. One of those two.
1: Yeah, so it was, the way it started was, somebody had just done it and then pointed out five of their friends, and the friends had to either, um, had to do it or punk out. And then it went from, they had to do it or punk out, or they had to do it or make a donation, so now, I, I have to admit,
0: I did do the ice bucket challenge, and so did my husband. Um, but we also d- we also did donate the money. so we did the 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 challenge and we donated um, ten dollars. I don't think any of our friends donated money, but you know, I'm not gonna say anything cheap. cough, um, <laughs> cough, 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 cough. So we started with that viral challenge yeah um, now, what makes something go viral?
1: Um, well, in this version, it was the calling out your friends is what made it go viral. So the ability to call out call out a specific person, it makes it shareable. So okay. if I call out you, you, Shannon, Alex, and Mark, mm-hmm. it's like the six um you know, the six degrees. Everybody knows um everyone. So, if I call out four people, those four people now call out four more people. And so you spread, it spreads out that way. And so, oh my God, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so, everybody has some way to contact each other. So, by by sharing it and challenging your friends, and with the least amount of repeats, it was easy for everybody to get challenged really quickly. And then, on top of that, celebrities got on it, they called each other out, and then every, even more people wanted to do it because they wanted to be like the celebrities that were being called out in the ice bucket challenge.
0: Okay, so, we, so we're so we talking about this, and I already said that we were going to talk about how this affects families and how families can affect it. So let's start with how this has affected... So how is the psychology of this viral media affecting i let's start with just children
1: let's do we got to do both we can't just say one because positively this was a great way and and an effective way to put the title als out there Mm -hmm. people started learning um learning about it Mm -hmm. either through osmosis like oh i heard about this they know or they're like me who just says all all kinds of letters and and knows that it starts with an a (laughs) but they know what it is and they know and because they put that they attach that oh the ice water makes you makes you feel what it's like to have Lou Gehrig's disease that's when they did that people go oh that's why it's a it's a thing and then they wanted to do it even more so it spread this knowledge through a social um a viral video On the negative side people aren't smart <laughs> so, <they're>, so. <laughs> Not our listeners (laughs) Our
0: listeners are very intelligent
1: A person, I go by the statement A person can be smart But people can
0: be stupid Individual In and of itself is intelligent (laughs) Once And and I like to do this math which is bad Because I'm horrible at math which is the reason why I'm a therapist (laughs) Um, But Once you start Adding people To that person Their intelligence kind of decreases right
1: exactly and there's the all kinds of again. yeah so there's all kinds of versions of that same statement too many cooks spoil the stew everything so a lot of a lot of issues came up because people were cold and still doing the um ice bucket uh, challenge so this was going or, on well into the winter yes people because our because they were like, I have anemia, but let me duck myself in ice water. Apparently, one person died. Oh, my gosh. Is this something that you're reading at this moment? or? Yeah, I'm literally... I just picked that one up. I was like, wait a second. Apparently, somebody died. Kentucky firefighter I- dies after Ice Bucket Challenge. So,
0: okay. So, this is one of those situations. and Oh, my God. So, this is a situation
1: where they took it to the extreme. Yeah. So... This situation was kind of, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. They did the ice bucket challenge and just so happened to be right next to a power line when they did it. Oh, wow. And so so electrocuted himself. Okay. So now that's, we have to admit, that's a very... Outlier. This is a complete outlier.
0: Yeah. So this isn't like where we're going to say, yes, this is typically what happens. No, this is an outlier in a situation. Yeah. Let's talk about then just viral situations, viral videos, besides the viral challenges, just viral videos, viral memes, which we see on a consistent basis, whether it's the... Uh, cinnamon I forget, challenge? The, this, oh my god, the cinnamon, cinnamon challenge. I don't even want to go there because that was a horrible thing for anybody who has asthma and doing the cinnamon challenge.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That that was just horrible in and, in and of itself. But and I, I guess I wanted... Is- to-
1: person is smart people
0: but let's talk about viral videos how many times have you actually seen or heard of somebody being bull- bullied on facebook twitter snapchat and i've
1: heard a lot of it
0: i haven't seen it well this is the wonderful thing of us being adults so we're yeah. not part <laughs> it because of the field that we both work in I'm pretty sure, like, I know I've had several of my clients that have had this happen, where video had been taken of an unfortunate event in the child's life,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it went crazy over the internet until it was finally taken down by uh, any type of force, whether it be parents, l- law enforcement, and mm-hmm. so, Um, and this is where I want to touch base, so... Viral challenges, viral media is another situation where it can affect a family because sadly, in some of my cases, I would not have gotten involved with the family if a viral video had not been made or I don't even want to say like a viral meme, but a trend that that happens on Facebook where my clients kind of got involved and then there becomes legal implications or there becomes children and youth uh, allegations. And then that's when I'm coming in because the child Mm -hmm. is about to get removed from the home. (laughs) Um, So how does the, how does the media affect the, what children are
1: dealing with on a daily basis? As I said earlier, media is basic media psychology is basically how media affects people and how people affect media and how they affect each other because of media so with situations like online bullying uh... or viral videos people enjoy unfortunately enjoy the misfortune of others so when somebody is in a position of of misfortune people will share that saying oh my god you have to see this and this puts the family um, the child at risk because she people are enjoying your misfortune and that's not a good feeling for you and the issue with that is the reason why it still gets shared because a lot of times it's the kid who shares themselves in this position and then doesn't realize how much is going to hurt them and once they realize that it's starting to hurt them and they realize that they can't pull it down again or that it's already been saved and reshared and shared again and there's no way for you to get out of it They have to understand that this is also because everybody's searching. They're searching for this 15 minutes of fame and not realizing that how much is going to actually affect them. So they do these viral videos um, with the belief that it's going to be a positive feeling, but it's not. And uh, for a lot of these kids, this ends up being depression inducing and therapy. They end up needing therapy because of it, because they don't understand. They didn't realize how much it would harm themselves. And those that around them, if they were the ones who were taking a video of somebody else and they even have to deal with the guilt of doing that.
0: So. All right. So now in January, there was a teenager in Miami who live streamed her own suicide.
1: Yes, I remember that one.
0: And that one went viral based on there were so many people who just shared the video and shared the video until finally it was like this needs to be taken down why does it take so long for i mean why does it take so why does it go so quickly to get spread from person to person to person but then it takes so long for this video to be removed
1: because sharing is takes a just like an epidemic is harder it's easier to prevent than to cure okay so you can stop them from doing it in the first place but once it's out there it's really hard to pull it back in because of net neutrality and the open the open web there is a site for everything you can find a downloadable site you can find a torrent site you can sign something and you can literally find any video that you ever wanted anywhere if it's not on YouTube it's on um, Vimo. if it's not. not on Vimo. It's on um, Vine. If it's not on Vine, you can download it on a turret. And I if think Vine can't. is almost dead now, right? And even then, well, that's because <laughs> Instagram and Facebook were like, so you got 15-second videos? We got 15-second videos. What are you going to do now? And that was the end of Vine. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but it became like that. And the issue is, is that with Facebook Live, there's been a lot more. It hasn't, she, that girl has not been the first and she and she's definitely not the last of young ladies who are committing suicide on screen there was a parent that she's um, being um, indicted because she was the child was in foster care and she was, she was on Facebook live saying that she was going to kill herself and the and the birth mother was apparently on the site and telling her, um, BS, do it. You're faking. Just do it. If you're going to do it, just do it. I'm sorry, you said oh, that's the biological
0: what mother was saying? Was saying that on her Facebook. See, and then they wonder why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need family therapy. Ta-da. Well, it,
0: this, is, this is sadly why I have a job. <laughs> it's also why I have a job. So when we take, if we're able to take the child away from social media... Does that benefit (laughs) or is that more of a a hindrance?
1: It's a hindrance only because we are in a day of an age where social media is the source of news, information, um, and contact. Nobody, honestly, nobody uses phones anymore. Nobody uses... But but um, we we both know
0: that the the news that we're getting off of social media media isn't always correct. It's what they... It's questionable. It's alternative, uh, alternative <laughs> truth. is
1: that what it is? Alternative facts. <laughs>
0: alternative facts, that's it. So we have uh, alternative fa- facts on Facebook, as well as real facts. I I'm, I'm know some of them ha- have been proven, but uh, a lot of it is just uh, clickbait.
1: Yeah, but other people's misfortune is clickbait. Is automatic clickbait. Whenever you see and whenever you are on social media and you see um, a lot of advertisers use this media site, a lot of advertisers use. Oh, you wouldn't believe how um, how she reacted when he did this. And then you automatically are like, I gotta find out what she did. Oh my goodness, she turns like there's a there's a viral ad. And that's ironic. It's a viral ad because it's a it's one person's story, but these people have been using it as a natural um natural ads. So they've been sharing, resharing this girl's story and putting their ads on it, so that you have to go through their ads to read the story that you can just find on Twitter. But it's about a girl who found out that she was driving her boyfriend's side chick to his house on for, when she uh she
0: was an Uber driver. She was driver, an Uber right? driver. Yep,
1: clickbait. I. I
0: yeah, I uh, I think it was on, like, Good Morning America while I was getting dressed one morning. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not even going to bother wasting my time. I don't need to know this.
1: It's not the weather, so I really don't care. You don't need to know this, but they everybody else is like, I want to know what happened. What did she do? This is so entertaining. And then you're well, like... I, I guess that goes towards the social media fame
0: because she didn't need to post this on Twitter. Which was what happened. She originally just, as she started realizing that the woman that she was driving was being uh, was his, her boyfriend's uh, side.
1: She, <laughs> she's she, posting the story.
0: She's posting it on on Twitter, and and she does it just for the fame. She knows people are going to react. She knows that people are going to side with her because she's the uh, victim. She's the wronged party in this. So she knows she has, she's gonna get a following if she doesn't already have a following. I mean, I have like maybe a hundred people that follow me on Facebook, if that many. I'm probably in sixty today. <laughs> so there's about sixty people who follow me on Facebook uh, on on Twitter. I really just kind of retweet psychology news, so I'm pretty boring. I'm sorry but I am I like the fact that my private life is private but I I, I I, know there are people who just go oh you know what my boyfriend's cheating on me and I just found out so mm. here's the whole story and then of course there's this whole dialogue I mean
1: but that's also a reflection of how society today is running as a result of social media co- convergence because we've Because we've come to a stage where we are all in each other's business, where I can easily post. It went from I was posting about um, my Facebook to my Facebook is attached to my Twitter, which is attached to my Instagram. So if I post something on Instagram and share it to my Twitter, it's going to automatically be shared to my Facebook. So even though I have um, maybe 200 followers, I just come, if I'm commenting, if I want to be able to speak to my friends. It puts me in a position because if I'm posting so that my friends, or I want to tell my story to my group of friends, and it's unfortunate that it goes from, it's just your friends to everybody else knows. And you, we don't know if she was sharing that just for her friends, or if somebody else copied it and shared it on another site, because that's a, a lot of times that's what happens. A third party comes and says, oh my gosh, this is so funny, let me put it on Reddit. Oh
0: yes, Reddit
1: i love reddit they
0: have those really great stories of uh creepy things that it, toddlers say um <laughs> which I, lo- I love to read every once in a while and go oh i am so glad at this moment that i don't have children <laughs> because they sound scary as hell uh i'm <laughs> accepted now, that but now um we have social media fame Well, we have people who want to be social media famous um, Mm -hmm. and we have people like the Kardashians who are famous because of social media Mm -hmm. because of viral videos. Uh, Yes, I guess as the media psych, I'm going to ask you a family therapy question. Do you feel that all this social media has led to a more integrated family or a more segregated family? And I'll use myself as example. I, of course, from New York. Of course, you know that because that's where we met. Oh, yeah. And, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, all of my friends are still in New York. Um, and many of my family is uh, actually all over the U.S. So I have family in like Maine, Vermont, uh, Texas, Florida, Las Vegas. Sorry, she just moved there. So it's trying to remember. Um, and of course, my cousins in Puerto Rico. So I have family, like, all over the place. And I only joined Facebook to honestly see my cousin's wedding pictures because I didn't get <laughs> to go to the wedding. Um, and he had posted them all over Facebook. And the only way to see it was to friend him on Facebook because he has a very private Facebook.
1: So <laughs> if you're not his friend, you're not seeing those pictures. Good um, job. So it it's a... Uh it's a double-edged sword because the internet is a medium where you can (laughs) (laughs) it's very very great (laughs) Um, oh my god we are such nerds (laughs) so the internet is really really great for porn um, but it also is a place where you present the identity that you want to present you have a choice in what you're presenting so, I can choose to be a Caucasian man from Ireland, and you can't stop me from making a Facebook to um to reflect that, a Instagram to reflect that, and it will be nothing but green skies and um, pictures of the Irish flag and beers. And you can't tell me that I'm not an Irish man because you've never met me. But okay, Seamus. It, <laughs> exactly. Shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. And every other word would say shenanigans and sheamus and my friend Seamus. And when you are allowed to give your own personality, your own vision of yourself, it isolates you as well like you become a you become alone in a crowd. So okay. while everybody is able to see what you're showing them, you are still not showing yourself. So with families, you become, you put yourself in a position where my my mom learned more about me through social media, not because she was searching on social media, but because my family members were like, oh, did you know she was natural? Her hair looks so great. Did you know about this? She didn't know about any of it, but she found out through social media and that made her closer to me because when she saw me, she was mm-hmm. like, um... So your cousin told me that your hair is like 45 um, meters long. Can you show me this now? And she is able to, she has something to brag about now. Like, yes, her hair is so long and people love her hair and they always asking her about her hair. And she has something that she's proud of. Well,
0: yeah, I I know you. I've known you for the longest. You're Mm going to have to explain why this is a big deal. Why my hair is a big deal? Yes, because we both know why your hair is a big deal. But, um, <laughs> so, there was there was no picture of you at this moment on the web page, and you will oh, have to, sorry, guys. You will have so, to
1: rectify that. So explain. I am chocolate. <laughs> I come. I am a nice milk chocolate female, and my hair was. Um, relaxed or chemically processed for about 13 from when i was 13 years old to when i was about 22 years old so about 10 years thereabouts and then my stepfather died and my hair started breaking and i went screw this and chopped it all off and i did that during a lunch break oh my god (laughs) so like that was great i walked out my co-worker pissed me off. I walked out, walked around the corner, said, chop it off. Had them chop off all of my um, processed hair. I walked back with an afro, and nobody, and like everybody just looked at me like, so that's what's okay. And we just accepted it from there. So since then, my hair has grown to about 14 inches, which means I have the Af- afro to size of foxy brown and foxy Cleopatra, and so it does things. Um, and so that took years of work, money, and patience. And so my hair has become one of my attributing factors when you know me. If you see me, you know me by my hair or by my smile or by my eyes the size of moon pies. Is, <laughs> Is that, that a good delicious amount? pies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The only time we ever talk about our nationality So of course you guys heard I'm Puerto Rican So as uh, Leah would call it I am now Arroz con
1: Gandules (laughs) Um, Arroz con Gandules (laughs) Yes As a child who went to school in Manhattan I had like a handful of friends Who spoke Spanish Which meant I had a hand A double handful of parents Who spoke only Spanish And you had to learn how to talk to parents really quickly (laughs) so that they were allowed to go out with you.
0: So, so that I think let's bring that back to now mm -hmm. that we, let's turn that back. Yeah. So,
1: So because of this, my mom had no idea about a lot of my lifestyle. She didn't know what I was into, what like I'm a PC gamer that I'm into all of these things because I never presented it from From her perspective, she has no clue because she has no attachment to social media. She doesn't have a Facebook. She doesn't have any of that.
0: Leah is a Marvel and I'm a DC.
1: Yeah.
0: So you will get, we will get into those conversations also
1: at some point.
0: And I am a systems gamer, which I have a PlayStation 4 and i do not have the new nintendo switch hopefully that will be rectified soon i still only just have the wii um (laughs) the only pc game i ever played was wow and i had to get off of that because that was a serious problem
1: yeah i've (laughs) actually i've played i've played wow but i do not have I have the polar opposite of an addictive personality, so I have a really short attention span when it comes to things that are supposed to like suck okay. you in. So I don't really stay on for very long, which is my biggest problem. But I think I have about... Oh, um, according to my Steam, I have 80 games on um, downloaded on my computer, directly on my computer right now. That's not including the things that are not attached directly to to my Steam account. So I am a hardcore, diehard p- PC gamer. I do not do consoles. I own a Xbox 360 because I really thought I was going to be fit, and I'm not. So, <laughs> so, that's... so you have the Xbox
0: 360 for. Uh, let me guess. Was it the uh, UFC
1: fighting game that the oh, training wait. game? No, I have... I, I'm i looking at my list right now. I have Mortal Kombat, because I did nothing but FGC games for a while. Okay. Soul Calibur, Injustice... I don't see Ultimate, anything wrong
0: wrong with these games so far. Keep going.
1: Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Batman... Yeah, Mar- Batman Arkham Asylum. And then we go off. Then there's Sims 3, Dance Dance Revolution, Just Dance 2014... Dance Central 2, and... Shoot, she's actually s- literally getting up to look at these games. I, I keep them above my my door because I know I'm never going to actually reach them. <laughs> <laughs> so so I try, but I, I'm not... Yeah, but I do play FGC games, but I prefer to play it on my PC. And I play League of Legends, and I'm Bronze 52, which is code for bad. Um, <laughs> and that's that's how that's that's as deep as we're gonna go,
0: go into my that. gaming. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, we're gonna go into
0: the gaming on another on another day. Let's finish yeah, up on social media, media. Because, yeah, so social media because social media. So if it wasn't for social media, you would not be close to your mom. Absolutely not.
1: Okay, because, because so, parents only see what they want to see. And so, with this new generation of people who are more into what's going on the internet, you don't. Parents, it's hard to explain what you're doing. All my mom says is she's always on her computer. Oh, she might have a video game addiction. Cough, cough. Next, our um, <laughs> when we do that podcast and they don't know the actual process of what's going on online and so it wasn't until other people were reporting to her what was going on that she was able to say oh she's actually productive i didn't know that huh and that opened up a lot of gateways and conversations and i feel and that's why i feel that it, from a family therapy perspective taking the time to know what your kid is into helps you a lot you know what i i totally agree
0: with you and then now i'm going to like poop on all of that
1: <laughs> Oh,
0: <laughs> because you are the an adult out- you're the outlier of this oh. on on most situations where um when i see my clients um i will find that a child has gotten into an argument with their mother who is in the other room On Facebook. So now this is a uh, an argument that should have been, again, an A and B conversation, but now it's included Aunt Mary, (laughs) Uncle Tom. Um, and that neighbor down- you haven't seen in nine years, yeah, the uh, the un- the neighbor down the road, your friend from school. And then, of course, your friend from school is involved in the conversation. And because nobody has their social media privatized, it's all now your friend out from the schools,
1: open. knows everybody.
0: Yes, and that has been shared with everybody. So now this argument that should have been an argument between mom and daughter has been shared with the whole school. Mom still doesn't know anything about this child. She sees that her child posts memes on a consistent basis. But besides that, she doesn't know anything about this child, a child who lives in her home. She doesn't know if her daughter's depressed. She doesn't know if her her daughter is angry. She doesn't know if her daughter has a boyfriend, if her daughter has a girlfriend. But she's gotten into an argument because she left a dish in the sink. And instead of saying, hey, Susie, um, again, this is nobody's real name in this conversation. But instead of saying, hey, Susie, you know, can you please clean your dish, put it away? You know the rules of the household. It got post it gets posted on Facebook and it becomes this huge argument. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's a matter of moderation that we don't have anymore. We don't have moderation that we should have. So like while it's good to be able to know what she's up to online, she this also is on the parent to yeah, you could also get up and check in on your on her because she's literally next door. And so that's a moderation co- concern to me, because while you're doing, because there should have been a moment where you said this conversation should be had between you and me and not Becky, Tom, Sue, and um, Harry. And that's on, that's the question of my, I have a big deal again about moderation. I think moderation is key and it will fix a lot of things if people know how to calm down.
0: So and and this again these topics are going to be things that we will address multiple times address multiple times throughout the podcast because social media sadly is something that is and I hate to say sadly because social media can be so great again if it wasn't for the fact that I got on Facebook I would not have seen my cousin's wedding pictures but if it wasn't for the fact that i got on facebook i actually would not have heard of geek therapy or the geek therapy network um and gotten involved in all of this so it has its benefits it has its wonderful uses and then it has this very steep slippery slope of negativity and that's where we end up kind of dwelling and focusing on we're going to have to keep doing from time to time because this is I want to say this is where you where media psychology kind of really came to a head as yeah.
1: this needs to be its own degree um, because they started seeing that there was a lot of issues arising from viral marketing um, about when around 10 years ago is when they really started when is when viral media started becoming a real thing And people were starting to notice that Oh, this is actually affecting everybody Because why is it that everybody knows the Charlie song? Or run until tell okay, that Okay, so I am so
0: in the dark What the hell is the Charlie song?
1: You know, Charlie bit me Ow, Charlie, Charlie bit me And then they t- auto-tuned it Okay, and it's possibly the funniest thing you'll ever listen to but it became viral so quickly Uh, because it was catchy I'm gonna have to listen to it later (laughs) it was catchy it was weird and it it involved children so it had like 3 out of 6 viral video winning points
0: okay so all right, I think we're gonna kind of wrap it up here and (laughs) we have a lot to continue on with as we keep going, we're gonna keep delving into social media. We're gonna delve into more again that DC versus Marvel. We have some great topics planned with that, um, and of course, we're gonna to have to go into gaming addiction. Um, yes, what it is, how to treat it, the whole nine, and how all of this is influenced by media psychology, how it's influence and how it influences families, because that's where we're at. That's what mm-hmm. we know. Okay, so Leah, how Thank can you. How can people get in contact with you? So Twitter,
1: well, Facebook, what? Well, <laughs> my name on most media circles on Facebook it's LFNB because you're not allowed to say FB together, so I said FNB. My Twitter is LFB with three E's and my Instagram is my Instagram and um Twitch is also just LFB with two E's Be like the bumblebee Because, because again of, as Kat mentioned <laughs> I used to be Bumblebee She still does it Yeah, We're
0: going to have to post that picture on the website um, no. And since I mentioned The website The website is GFT.geektherapy.com um, And you can find me On Twitter at Cat K-A-T-M-F-T Yay Facebook is just family, I'm sorry So I will not be sharing that Maybe I'll make one for this Yes, make I'll, one I'll, I'll probably yes. end up making one for the podcast At some point Yes um, But because I'm so behind already on Fixing up our website I am probably not going to be doing The Facebook <laughs> anytime soon um, so Yo. thank you Everybody for joining us And I hope you will stick by us And listen to the other Podcasts that we have I know this one was kind of all over the place but it's, that's the the best first, part. it's the first episode We kind of have to make our mistakes here And say you know We'll fix it as we go <laughs> So yep. thank you all Thank and you for coming
1: you Thank you for listening <laughs>
0: So two, two weeks. weeks two more weeks.
1: Two weeks. We'll be back. Mata Sarashu.
0: Right. <laughs> Have a good night.
1: Night.